Hey, my beautiful friend. Today we're going to talk about perfectionism. Maybe you are like me and that you struggle with this. If you've got that harsh inner critic that beats you up all the time, if you expect a lot of yourself, if you have super high standards for yourself, if you feel that pressure to do it all and to do it all perfectly, then welcome to the club. (laughs) You are absolutely not alone. And I struggle with this. Every single one of my coaching clients struggles with this. And so many of my friends struggle with this. And so I know it can be this double-edged sword, right? Because on one hand, it motivates us to perform at a really high level, to achieve a lot of pretty awesome things sometimes, to make a really big impact and to be somebody that people can count on, right? To do great quality work. On the other hand, it can cause a lot of anxiety and stress and actually be really harmful internally. We can be dealing with this really harsh inner critic all the time and have this kind of pervasive sense of never quite being good enough. And so maybe you feel some of those things too. Maybe you sometimes feel that pressure to be or to appear or to feel like you are doing it all perfectly. Maybe it's extremely high personal standards and you are very critical of yourself. Maybe you accept nothing short of perfection or giving a hundred percent. Maybe you tend towards controlling. Maybe it's a fear of failure. Maybe it's being very focused on results. Maybe it's feeling like you've got to get this right. Feeling like it's not good enough, no matter how hard you try, no matter how much you do. Maybe you feel like you're not measuring up. Today, we're going to dive into five strategies to combat perfectionism and that harsh inner critic. And I cannot wait to dive into this because it is so, so important. And these things have just made all the difference in the world. I am on the journey with you, but I am so in so much of a better place than I used to be a few years ago. And my clients are too, and it is a beautiful, freeing thing, and I want the same for you, my friend. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to make sure you know 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Thursday, June 8th, I am going to be holding a free Zoom workshop where we're going to talk about time management and stress management so you can find more time for what matters most. So if you feel like there's never enough time for everything you got to do, if you're feeling a little bit burnt out from giving your all to everything that you do if the struggle is real balancing time for your family with your workload with all the things on your plate and you just wish you didn't have such a million mile long to-do list weighing on you that is preventing you from feeling like you can really be truly present if you're feeling too pulled in all the directions like there's nothing left for yourself or for your husband for your family if you're just too dang busy to connect with god in prayer to Feel like you can actually do the things that bring you joy, to exercise in the ways that you want to, to take care of your physical mental health, to even have a moment to rest. Maybe you're spread really thin and you just want some tools to navigate the juggling act with a little bit less stress and some more grace, some more confidence and peace. Then my friend, I want to invite you to this time management workshop. So join me for this free Zoom workshop. We're going to be walking through a powerful process together that's going to help you get unstuck. We're going to be going through my top tips and strategies for time management. So this is going to be the three keys to effective time management, the secret to what time management is actually all about, the single most powerful exercise you can do in just 10 minutes that's going to free up hours and hours of your time, and two quick and easy techniques you can use that are going to be big stress relievers for whenever you're feeling that anxiety and stress about all the things that need to be done. So this is gonna help you to be much more productive, to be more present, to free up your time and energy for the things that matter most to you and ultimately just help you feel 
like you're able to handle it all with much more grace. If that's something you feel like would benefit you in the season, I just want to invite you to come. If you're not able to join for the whole time, or if you're not able to make that time, go ahead and register anyways. I'll send the recording out to those who register. You're going to walk away with practical tools that you can use throughout the rest of your life, really, that are going to help you to manage your time, to manage your stress, and even the most demanding seasons. God wants so much more for you than to feel constantly stressed or anxious or overwhelmed trying to keep all the balls in the air. It's just not the way he wants you to live. So let me show you how. Let me show you that there's a different way and that there's a way out of feeling that way all the time. You do not have to stay stuck there, right? So come join me for just this hour and a half and you're going to walk away with hours of your time back. I promise you. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting the leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood and uniform with so many expectations to perform in your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the Army, I was so burnt out. I was just wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures, prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life. I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt exhausted. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path, and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're going to find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformations so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. All right, so as we jump in here, we're going to talk about what this can kind of look like, a few different forms it can take, and then we're going to go into the five strategies, the practical tips, and what you can do to better manage the perfectionism so it's not managing you. First thing we can feel that pervasive sense of with perfectionism is that sense of never being good enough. What this can do sometimes is actually talking about time management can actually extend the time that it takes to get our tasks done by a long shot because we are so bogged down in those little details of things because we feel like we're, we're maybe at an 80% solution or at a even 90% solution, then we spend so much extra time trying to get it to that 100% solution when our time may have been better spent somewhere else. So it can kind of cause us in some ways to lose focus on what's actually most important and it can end up draining a whole bunch of our time. I want to give an example of something that happened to me today where I realized that this is what ended up happening when I was looking back on it. So we're in this training course for public affairs officers. And today we were doing a, at one of our graded events, a performance exam is what they call it. And we were doing a media prep session for a commander. So media engagement prep, where we were preparing an 06 for an interview with reporters in the event of a humanitarian assistance and disaster response mission, where we're in another country working with our foreign partners and allies. This would be at a joint task force. So very, very, very high level. 
In preparation for this, we prep a packet, then we go into this meeting and we're walking through with the commander, giving them all the best tips and strategies for how to be successful in an interview with a reporter, the do's and don'ts of what to say, what not to say, how to stay in their scope, those kinds of things. And we do practice interview questions with them. And we had 20 minutes. I should have allowed more time for the question and answer. We were actually walking through those practice questions with him, but I used a lot of the time in the beginning to go through all the details of things. In my mind, I wanted to make sure it was super thorough and that he had every little piece that he would need to be successful. We ended up losing time on the back end to actually let him practice. We only ended up having like seven or eight minutes versus maybe 10 to 12 minutes that I would have liked to have so that it would just give him more of that practice time. I was trying to be super comprehensive, but missed pieces that were actually really critical because I ran out of time. You know, we look at the rubric, the grading rubric, and I missed a couple of these key pieces because I got so bogged down in those details. This is sometimes what perfectionism does, right? We lose focus on here's all the things that I want to actually be prioritizing because we get so like narrowly focused on making whatever it is perfect or what feels perfect in our eyes, right? And so because I was trying to be super thorough and hit every single one of these checkboxes in my mind, I ended up missing out on the chance to prepare him in the more practical way that he probably needed that could have made it more successful. And in theory, I could have gotten a higher grade. I'm not here for the grade, but at the same time, it was an example of how that played out. I think some of the other things that can end up happening is a lot of the negative self-talk, right? If we're falling into perfectionism, we can kind of have this almost constant sense of anxiety, insecurity, stress, because What this perfectionism is driven by oftentimes is insecurity. It's fear. And so our nervous system is in this constant state of fight or flight, adrenaline. And adrenaline, I just want to say, I acknowledge, it does fuel high performance and it's important. We need to respond to stressful environments, but we can't always be in an adrenaline state. Otherwise, we will end up feeling burnt out because it's just not sustainable. Our nervous system can't come down off that ledge. And so when we're struggling with perfectionism in every single area of our life, our nervous system is in that constant state of fight or flight. And it's just not healthy for our body. And it is what contributes to so much of that sense of exhaustion, mentally and emotionally, of physical exhaustion, because our body is working way too hard in this stimulated state constantly, and it can never come down and never truly rest. And so if we're in that state of beating ourselves up constantly, we're going to be experiencing that level of burnout across every area of our life much more. Another thing that we can feel with perfectionism is that fear of failure. We tend to place so much stock in our results and we tend to be more disappointed with anything less than perfect, right? And so failure in our eyes, and again, we can get into how we're defining failure and we'll talk about that later. It becomes a scary thing since anything less than perfection is then seen as failure and we feel like we're then a failure. It makes it really difficult to even start something or to take a risk because we're in that self-protective state because we're so afraid of failure or what we're defining as failure in our mind, it makes it out to be super scary. So that can lead to another thing, which is procrastination. It may seem like this kind of paradox that perfectionists would be prone to procrastination because obviously procrastination is very much detrimental to being productive, right? But I know I've experienced this many, many times. When we fear failure, when we are so afraid of not getting it right, and not being able to do it all to the absolute fullest, we almost would prefer to just not do it at all sometimes. And so we sometimes become almost like immobilized. It's this vicious, paralyzing cycle. 
how many times have you fallen into that trap? Let's just say with exercise. If I can't do it perfectly, if I can't take that hour long session at the gym that I really want to do, it's not even worth doing it at all. Or, oh, you know, I, I can't get a moment to myself today. So I just don't have time for my exercise session because my kids would be hanging on me. I don't have enough energy. I don't feel that motivation. That's all falling into that trap of if I can't do it perfectly, if all the conditions are not perfect, if everything's not ideal and the stars are not aligning, then I'm just not going to do it at all, right? If I can't give my perfect self to it, my full self to it, then I'm just going to wait till tomorrow. I'm just going to wait till Monday. And we start things with all the best intentions, but this rigid black and white thinking that oftentimes accompanies perfectionism just is not always helpful, right? So I just want to call that to mind because I see it so often in the women that I coach and I see it in myself too. And it takes that intentionality and that awareness sometimes to directly confront it in the moment and be like, hey, wait a minute, something is better than nothing. Even a 15 minute, 10, 15 minute exercise session where I'm holding my baby, I'm holding my toddler because he doesn't want me to put him down is going to be better than nothing or just taking that walk together is going to be better than doing nothing. We sometimes fall into that analysis paralysis too with perfectionism. Sometimes it leads us to go down these rabbit holes of research or of feeling like we have to have all the information and overanalyze or overthink it before we even are ready to make a decision. Or we feel like we have to over-prepare, prepare for everything before we take any action. We have to have it all figured out before we take that first step. Again, no shame if you are struggling with any of these things too. I have, I do every single day, and I'm actively working to grow in this. So let's get into the five strategies that I want to give you to manage this perfectionism and to combat the ways that it is actually harming us. We might worry that if we let go of some of this kind of meticulousness of this drive to get it right, really high standards of ourselves, that it's going to hurt our performance. So we want to cling to this perfectionism sometimes, even when it's counterproductive. If you feel that, take heart. It's all good. We're going to talk about how we can rein in our perfectionist tendencies and how we can actually channel it in a more productive direction because it can be a source of strength, but we just got to make sure it's not sabotaging us, right? So our aim is to take some of that pressure off of ourselves. So the first strategy, number one, is I want you to lean into the positive pull of your why, your purpose, rather than the push of fear. Let me say that again. I want you to lean into the positive pull of your why, of that sense of purpose behind what you're doing and why it matters, why it's important, why it's worth doing well. I want you to lean into that rather than the pull of fear, the pull of the insecurity, the pull of the anxiety of not getting it right. So we want to be more fueled by that purpose rather than driven by fear. And so we're going to get into some of the ways that that can take shape in in a couple of the other strategies. But I want to encourage you, zoom out, see the bigger picture. Sometimes we get into that very narrow-sighted mode, like I talked about with the example today, like get it done mode, like I got to get it done, I got to get it done right, I got to get it done perfectly. But we got to zoom out sometimes and remember, what do I actually need to focus on to be really strategic about what my actual priorities are and where I'm spending my time and energy here? What is the NC I'm going for in this, whatever I'm pursuing, this project I'm working on, this work that I'm doing, maybe this exercise habit that I have, right? We want to align our focus towards that end state and make it less about us because perfectionism takes what we're doing and it actually shifts the focus on us. It like puts a spotlight on us because it's more about 
our insecurities of, I got to do it right. Otherwise I'm not good enough. And we're shifting that focus back on what's most important here. Why does this work matter? What is that bigger purpose? And how can I be fueled by that bigger purpose without taking it so personally? Okay, number two, second strategy to manage perfectionism is to define clear measures and targets for success. I wanna give you an example from a coaching session the other day. My client was talking about, she actually realized in her health and fitness goals, she was like, I was just beating myself up constantly, feeling this guilt around not going to the gym as much as I should be going because I had this membership that was basically these unlimited amount of classes and I was constantly beating myself up for not going enough because I wanted to make sure I was making the most use of our financial investment. She's like, so I scaled it back down to two classes per week. And she's like, and I feel much better about it. And it feels like a much more reasonable goal to shoot for. And we talked through some more of the details of it. And some of the questions that I kind of prompted her to ask were, how was she defining enough? Because even when she was going a few times a week, and she was kind of pushing herself to go, even when she didn't feel like it and all those things, she was still feeling like she was failing and she was falling short. And so when we got curious about it, we were able to see, oh, okay, she didn't have this clear, clearly defined measure and target of what success was, that standard. And so by default, because of perfectionism, the standards were like insatiable. She would have to be going every single day, right? To be making the most of that unlimited membership in her mind. It was never going to be good enough unless you defined that number of that goal. So I want you to be encouraged. Define a clear measure of what's good enough and really ask yourself, does it have to be that high in the hierarchy of priorities in your life? Like this particular thing in this particular moment in time, in this particular part of your life, how much does that matter compared to everything else? And give it the focus, the attention, the time, the energy that it's owed, but don't give it more than that, my friend. Because what we don't realize sometimes when we're falling into a lot of our perfectionism is how much it's actually sucking from our real priorities. It's sucking so much of our time and energy from all these other areas of our life that may actually matter way more to us. And we're really feeling like this one thing is carrying so much weight. But then when we take that step back and we look and be like, okay, is this going to matter a few days from now? Is this going to matter a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, several years from now? Okay. Now I can really see it in perspective and that can help you to define that clear target for success, that clear standard for yourself. And you don't have to have that default underlying standard in the back of your mind that you're carrying around as this heavy load of an unrealistic, unattainable standard. Because with that, anything less than perfection, we almost don't even want to accept, right? So almost perfect is still seen as a failure. We're still interpreting it as a failure. So just get really clear about redefining success for yourself and make sure it's based on those priorities. Number three is to focus on progress instead of perfection. If we're aiming for progress, if we're focusing on the process, the journey, and not just the results and the outcome, it can really help us to reduce some of that pressure that we tend to put on ourselves. So I want you to ask yourself a couple questions here. This is what I have been getting used to myself. This is what I've been encouraging my clients to do is how do I actually want to feel during this? Like maybe it's in my work or maybe it's in this project or maybe it's in this goal that I'm setting for myself or this goal that I'm aiming for in my health. How do I want to feel when I'm pursuing this, when I'm doing this work, when I'm showing up for this? You can ask yourself, what are my priorities? What do I want to focus on? What am I not willing to compromise 
to achieve success. I want to give you an example there. Back when I was at the engineer captain's career course, and this is our required career progression course to, you know, continue forward in our careers as captains. I went to the engineer one just so I could be together with my husband. I'm not an engineer officer. I was military intelligence to start for a few years. Then I transitioned to a public affairs officer. So I was kind of out of my element, okay, <laughs> in terms of what I'd been exposed to and my particular field of expertise. But we're in this class and it was kind of like a check the block thing. And I just want to acknowledge the immense growth that it took for me to approach it in that way. Because old Megan, deep in perfectionism weeds Megan, would have not accepted anything less than being one of the top students in the class, you know, getting uh, A pluses, let's just say, as high of a grade as I possibly could on every single exam, every single graded event, every single operations order, every single brief or presentation that we gave. But you know what? My main focus during that time was actually a lot of other things. We were together as a family, or me and Tim were together for the first time in a long time, trying to get our boys settled. Our older son was having a really, really hard time in his daycare environment and was going through a lot. We had a very rough experience with that. I was breastfeeding my baby around the clock, still trying to recover postpartum because I had gotten there about six months postpartum. I was really focusing on my postpartum recovery and my health. I was really focusing on my mental health. I was really growing in my relationship with the Lord. We were focusing on growing in our marriage after all that time apart, right? Like there was a lot going on in our life. And my main focus was not trying to get a hundred percent on all of these graded events. It was really actually affirmed to me in this moment when we had kind of a midterm counseling session. We got our performance review from our instructor. They gave us our grades so far. They told us to standing in our class and they kind of gave us some feedback. My instructor pulls me in and he's like, so this is where you are. But he was like, honestly, I, I really don't think that this is an accurate reflection of your capability and your performance. And I think you have a lot more in you than what is in these numbers. And, and I just kind of laughed to myself. He was like, and I really don't want you to take it personally. And I said, you know what, sir? I really appreciate that. I actually have been prioritizing a lot of other things and for one of the first times in my life i am totally okay with not having my grades reflect my actual ability it was it went something like that that was kind of our conversation and he he was an incredible incredible leader very very family oriented knew everything that we were going through um, and was very supportive of all of that he and his wife were dual military they were about to have their second baby his son was in my son's class in the daycare and knew everything that was going on there. So, you know, he, he really understood where we were at in life and was just supportive across the board. But he was also like, he's like, I don't want you to feel bad because you have so much potential as a leader and as an officer. And you're in this field that is totally not your subject matter expertise. And you're doing great. You're learning it all from scratch and you're doing great. And he was like, and I just want you to know that. But I was totally neutral about it. For like the very first time, I saw those numbers and I saw where I stood in the class and my rank and all of those things. And I was just like, yep. And I'm totally okay with that because that is a product of what I've been focusing on in my decisions. And you know what? I can accept that. And that has been an intentional decision of where I am spending my time and energy. And I reflected back on it after that moment. And I was like, this has been an immense reflection of my growth. 
I had this one grade on one of my writing products that he actually was like, I don't know if this was necessarily a fair grade. And so I'd be happy to help you to dispute it up the levels of the chain of command because I don't want you to feel like that this performance is a reflection of your worth and your value and your capability as a writer. And I just looked at it and I was like, yeah, it's not. And I know that with my whole heart, that it's not. And I'm totally okay with accepting that it is what it is. And I'm going to move on. And so I just want to share that with you in that it is possible to grow in all of this. Like I would have never been able to be in that place to receive that and to be so neutral about that data and to have made those very intentional decisions about what I'm prioritizing and it not being giving 100% in this part of my life in that moment. It was an example of I was setting my priorities, I was deciding what I was focusing on, and I was okay with it not being perfect. And I understood that my worth was not in that either. And it was not a reflection of me as a human being. It was not a reflection of my leadership ability. And it was not a reflection of the capacity I had to perform really highly. So that is tying in a lot of those pieces that I just gave you as these strategies. But it was also that focus on not just the results, not just the outcome, but how do I want to feel during this? Where are my priorities? What do I actually want to focus on? What am I not willing to compromise? I was not willing to compromise my priorities. I was not willing to compromise my family. I was not willing to compromise my mental health or my marriage, right? And so those are my focus areas and I was okay with what that meant in terms of my results. All right, number four is to have this kind of sense of curiosity, of inner compassion. And these things are antidotes to that criticism that we often give ourselves and even sometimes give other people when we are perfectionists ourselves we can also extend those standards out to everybody else around us and we can be very judgmental sometimes in that way we want to be in an environment or, or create environments or seek out environments where you feel accepted like you can truly be yourself in the fullness of who you are your imperfect self without feeling like you have to put up this facade or this face or feel like you've got to show up in a certain way to be accepted and to be loved. Like we all need those environments where we can really feel like we're able to be ourselves without hiding anything, without feeling like we have to censor who we are for the environment. And I know I've often felt like I've had to censor like parts of me, especially my faith in the military environment sometimes. And it is so important to just surround yourself with like-minded women who can build you up and who you can have these heart-to-heart conversations with you can talk about your faith and values with where you know that they are on the same journey as you right so that external environment is really important and then the second piece of the environment is creating an internal environment of that compassion and of that curiosity and of that connection so just as we need that in our external environment to, to be have those places where we are seen, known, loved, where we belong, we also need to create the internal environment within our own hearts and minds where we can accept our emotions, where we can accept how we're feeling, right? So I just want you to get curious when you're feeling this sense of perfectionism to take a moment to ask yourself first, how am I feeling? What's going on internally right now? What do I feel like is on the line? What's at stake here? What is stressing me out about this thing? Maybe I'm comparing myself to something or someone. Maybe there's a sort of sense of insecurity or maybe there's something I'm worried about if I don't do this perfectly. I'm worried about, oh, something's going to happen if I don't get this right. 
Oftentimes in the military environment, we can feel like every moment we have to prove ourselves. We have to prove our worth. We have to prove our value. We literally had this conversation yesterday. Our instructor told us the nature of the beast is that we've got to prove our value. We've got to prove our worth in this job. That's what we got to do. And I know that you carry around that same burden as a woman in the environments that you're in as a woman in uniform, as a woman in a male-dominated environment. But you also probably carry that around with you outside of that too. You carry that around maybe on social media, feeling like you've got to earn the external validation, right? The approval from other people. Maybe it's in, t- in the form of likes and comments. And it's easy to compare yourself to other people who may have more of a popularity on social media, let's just say. I know this sounds kind of vain, but sometimes we really think this way, Right? But we often feel something is on the line, something's at stake, and oftentimes it's associated with our worth and our identity. And we're we're really looking for that approval, which is natural, because we need environments where we know that we are welcome, that we're accepted, that we're loved, that we're acknowledged, right? And that we we know that we have that value. But oftentimes we're trying so hard to earn it. And that's why we feel like we have to be perfect to earn it. We have to prove ourselves to earn it. We have to perform perfectly. We have to measure up in some way, shape, or form, right? We have to be super productive, and that's what makes us valuable. That's what is the mark of a good enough day, is how many boxes we checked off on our to-do list, right? And when we really break it down, we realize all those things that are happening internally. So get curious about that, right? Curiosity, compassion with yourself, connection to other people, to those emotions, to what's going on in your body, what's going on in your mind, what's going on in your heart. Where do you feel that stress in your body right now or in the moment? What does it feel like? Maybe it's a tightness in your chest. Maybe it's a heaviness in your shoulders, a tightness in your neck. What does it feel like to you? And just get curious about that. Then just kind of turn to yourself and be like, I accept how I'm feeling. I see you. I see you fear. I see you insecurity. I see you perfectionism. I see you pressure to prove myself, right? Like, I get you. I get you. I see you. You're welcome here. It's okay. Then you can tell yourself, I am safe. Then you can move through those emotions. They get to be, they get to exist and you get to acknowledge them. And that is the best way through, right? Cause they're there, they're there beneath the surface. And so the best way to renew your mind and to release those pressures is actually to allow them first, to accept them, to process them instead of burying them. Because what we're doing oftentimes is we're shaming, we're compounding with extra criticism we're uncomfortable thinking about those emotions potentially even because maybe it's never felt safe to experience that before right we just are used to pushing through pushing through so we can perform right when you're doing this you can also take that step back and look at understanding there's a variety of factors that can affect our perfectionism and struggling with this and some of the main causes can include a fear of judgment a fear of disapproval from other people Sometimes it's early childhood experiences, like having really, really high expectations from either caregivers, coaches, um, our teachers, 
So think about the family environment you were in, academic environments, sports environments. I have many, many memories of growing up in competitive sports on elite volleyball teams in college, oftentimes being drilled into us that it's never good enough, right? And I remember distinctly like being yelled at, screamed at for our performance, for the mistakes that we made. In many ways, I have to give myself a lot of grace for, okay, I've been in these environments that have conditioned me to almost fear making mistakes because in order to be good enough, I have to perform at such a high level. And so maybe it's the same for you. So all of those things that we've been conditioned by play a big factor. And I just want to acknowledge that because these things are heavy weights that we're carrying around. And then there's the societal, cultural expectations that compound, right? All of those experiences we've had. And so if you're in a, a high performance environment, if you're in the military, this is, this is the environment you're in, right? If you're in a similar demanding job. So give yourself grace for where it may have come from, the environment that you're in, how it contributes, and accept where you're at, how you're feeling. And just that acceptance is like a bomb to the soul sometimes. Like it diffuses that harsh inner critic because we're acknowledging that emotion that's there that's driving some of that insecurity and fear that pushes us into perfectionism. The last strategy that I want to bring to you is to ask yourself, how do I want to treat myself if I meet this goal? If I meet this standard of success that I'm aiming for, let's just say. And how do I want to treat myself if I don't meet this goal? If I don't do this perfectly, quote unquote. I want to give you a practical kind of bonus. You could write out a list. Do this like in one minute. Write out a list of what risks could you take? What ways could you fail? What failures could you actually aim for to push your limits? What fears come up, right? Notice those fears that come up. Notice what feels really risky. Notice the definitions you have of what constitutes failure. Get curious about that. Explore those things. I did this for myself this week and it was incredibly insightful and incredibly powerful. And exploring it can honestly give our brain the space to process it more and to process how would I cope with those failures, which are often felt in our body. Again, we talked about the nervous system a little bit, right? The fight or flight. We're feeling these things in our body as worst case scenarios. But when we think about it, we let our brain go there intentionally, then it doesn't quite have to be as scary. We can see, how do I want to treat myself if I am not measuring up to this standard? We want to be able to bounce back quickly and easily from disappointment, from failure, from mistakes, from maybe not, not showing up in the way that we wanted to or a less than stellar performance, right? Or less than perfect performance. But it's often so painful and scary to those of us who are perfectionists because we tend to beat ourselves up more. On top of that, we wallow in the negative feelings because our high expectations go unmet. We're disappointed in ourselves, right? So we struggle to kind of move forward. And so it can, it can lead us to that trap of paralysis, of, of a fear of even taking any steps because we're so afraid not only of the failure, but we're afraid of what that means about us or what we're making it mean about us. We're afraid of how we're going to treat ourselves if we fail. And so that prevents us from even taking that step because we're self-protecting because it hurts when we fail because it also hurts when we hurt ourselves after the failure. So when we can, we can kind of change our perspective and really be intentional about how do I want to treat myself? Yes. If I meet this goal, right? How can I be proud of myself and celebrate that? 
not just celebrate the, the victory of the result and maybe everything that went into it, but like, how can I also celebrate every part of that journey, every lesson learned, every failure that led to that success, right? Every growth. And how can I also see criticism or failure as valuable learning lesson? A friend, failure can be a friend. How can I see it as something I can embrace to grow through it? Maybe to expand my humility, to be pushing my limit, to expand my capacity. So those are the five strategies that I want to give you today to combat perfectionism. So again, number one, lean into that positive pull of your why rather than the push of fear. Channel your energy, this amazing drive you have to give your best. Channel it in a positive direction and a productive direction towards that sense of purpose of why this matters, why it's important. It will help you to not get so bogged down in all the weeds of perfectionism that actually pull you from where you want to focus. Number two, define clear measures and targets for success. So you have that clear sense of what's good enough, right? We want that to be informed by our priorities. And that gets into number three, which is focus on your progress instead of perfection. The process, not just the result and outcome, the journey. How do you want to feel? What are my priorities? What do I want to focus on? What am I not willing to compromise for this result that I really want to aim for, right? What am I not willing to compromise? Get really clear on that. We know what matters most, and we're not losing sight of that along the way. Number four, inner compassion, the environment where you can accept your emotions, the environment that you can lean on others in where you feel accepted, that you don't have to be in that state of performance, of proving yourself, but you know that you're worthy, you're valuable, and you're loved exactly as you are in the weakness, in the brokenness, that you know God is meeting you right there and other people can love you in that place too. And when we can treat ourselves in that way with curiosity, with compassion, with connection, and when we can also foster that environment around us, that village of people who build us up in that same way, it's beautiful. And that's the gift of being in a group coaching experience is that we do that for each other. That's the gift of being in a one-on-one coaching relationship. I'll do that for you. And I'll help you to learn how to do that with yourself as well. And the last piece again, of how do I want to treat myself if I meet this goal? How do I want to treat myself if I don't meet this goal? And potentially exploring some of those risks you could take and the failures in your relationship with failure. All right? This is a journey. We are all on this journey. Remember that your worth doesn't have to be in proving yourself. It doesn't have to be in your performance. It doesn't have to be in being perfect in all of these things. We're not going to achieve that. And we need him. At the end of the day, when we're aiming for perfection, we're trying to do it all by ourselves, And it's out of our own strength but we're forgetting in our weakness, God's power is made perfect. It's his grace that we need. It's him that we need. And we got to be willing to depend on him more. And that is a deep sense of peace that we can have. We don't have to walk around feeling insecure all the time. We can walk around with this confidence and this enthusiasm for the mission that he's given us, the purpose that he's given us. We can be fueled by that purpose instead of driven by insecurity. That's what I want for you. You can break free from the prison of perfectionism. One step, one day at a time. I love you. I'm here for you if I can support you in any way. Please don't hesitate to reach out if you want to schedule a coaching call or a discovery call. If you want to just chat and see where you're at, see what would be the best fit for you. We can do that. No pressure. Not here to give you any more pressure. You're already putting so much pressure on yourself, right? I'm here to help take that off of you. Love you. I'm lifting you up and I'm praying for you in this. Talk to you soon.